my name's Darius. This is the Heart to Mouth Podcast, but this is no normal episode. This is an episode, a very special episode, with a very, very special guest coming from Auraville in India. That's right. Aura is in your Auraville in India. Before I dive into some questions with this dear, dear friend of mine, I'm going to close my eyes. I'm going to take a deep breath. And I'm going to tell you about Adil Dalla. So here's what's special about this human. Adil is this unique individual that has a very balanced energy. He's sensitive. He's tender. He's funny. But this dude is a doer. He gets shit done. He has this balanced energy about him. And I think that's what makes him such an exquisite and extraordinary community builder. I've known him for over 10 years. And I remember his tech startup, My City Lives. And I remember when he managed to get that startup funded, one of the very first things Adil did was rent out an entire TTC streetcar and bring the community together. What a freaking epic party that was. I remember his role, his very special role in bringing several strong personalities with zeal and passion and often, you know, different differences in opinions he brought them together and this guy was the glue that allowed one of the dearest most amazing organizations that i've ever been a part of camp reset come together and change so many lives i also remember that this guy is ambitious when he threw an event called toronto for everyone sounds nice and idyllic but that's a hard notion, a city that is inclusive for everyone. But this guy's got community building in his DNA. And he's here with us today from friggin' India. Adil, my brother. So good to have you. I'm glad to be here. Thank you for having me. What time is it in India? It is 5.11 a.m. And you just told me a story before we started recording about it's how long you've been in India now? Uh, just under four months. And this is your last day, right? Today is my last day in India. <laughs> how perfect that I catch you on your last day. It's like we had this scheduled or something to do a check-in to see <laughs> what did you yeah, learn? It works out. What did you learn? What a big question. When you close your eyes and you think about it, what, what stands out? Like, I know that's a big question because you must have learned so many things, but what are you bringing mm -hmm. back with you to Toronto? No small talk, eh? That went straight deep. That's what I was thinking about. I'm like, holy shit. <laughs> Summarize four months of intense soul searching journey. Okay, 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 okay. 
No, no, no. I'm, I'm good. I'm good. I just wanted to. It was funny. I thought. I, I, let me contextualize it actually where I am first. Okay. Let me, let me pa- do that. Paint me a picture. That will, that will at least help me get going. Um, so, yeah, it's five in the morning. It's my last day after an almost four month journey in India. Um, and I, I have come here um, because I, I really like the idea of retiring in installments. I like the idea to not wait until uh, I'm at the end of my life to do all the things. And um, uh, I effectively uh, either step back or put on hold everything that was in my life um, to, to take this trip. And the reason why I want to take this trip and come to India uh, is a lot to do with the fact that um, Indian, uh, India is in my blood. I, my, my family, uh, is from India and left here about 200 years ago, uh, first to go to Tanzania and then to Canada. Mm. And so it's always been my dream to re- kind of retrace the steps, my, my ancestor steps, come here, get a better understanding of my roots and, um, and honor the incredible, uh, investments and uh, decision uh, f- that some people made for me eventually to have the incredibly uh, privileged life that I do have in Canada now. Mm. So um, uh, this is um, this has been a really, really big trip for me um, because uh I, I I left home knowing that my life would be dramatically different here and when I came back and I, I felt the peak of my freedom while doing all of this and it's been a really big trip for me because uh, for me it's a reclamation of my roots and identity mm. and and it's been a really big trip because as everyone, as I think most people know, uh, who know about India, India is a u- unique place in the world, uh, for a number of reasons. And, um, uh, I'm currently, uh, I've traveled through the country, which is incredibly diverse. Um, you know, that, that's probably one of the things that I, one of my first lessons is that um, India is a bunch of, you know, areas that were independent, but, but were brought together and, um, and it's an incredibly diverse country and I've, I've traveled throughout it. Um, and I've, I've lived in, you know, I've, I've stayed in hotels, I've stayed in homestays, uh, I've stayed in an ashram, I've lived in the forest. And right now I'm currently living on a farm. Um, where I've been for the last two weeks, which is situated in this community called Oroville, which is a human experiment in unity. And I mean, I'm, I'm basically alone on this farm with the exception of its owners and its many animals. Uh, I, and by animals, I mean dogs and cats, and that'll become relevant after. Mm. Um, and um, uh, I've had the last two weeks... Uh, of my trip here and my focus has been on reflection, uh, integration of my learnings from here and being. 
and you're catching me on my last day at five o'clock. Um, and it just seems like such a perfect time to be talking to you. Such a perfect time. Uh, and I, I'm, I'm so grateful for it because I think it's really going to support me in exactly my, the way I need to start my last day here. So, so that, that's my, that's my situation. I haven't even answered your question. I don't even, I, to, I don't even care about the question. That was great. I think we <laughs> I got too hot and he- too heavy, too quick. I, I do have a couple of, uh, follow-ups on what you just said um so what what is are those the your your housemates barking in the background Uh, actually no that's somebody else uh in a distance uh which may (laughs) provoke my housemates in, in, in a moment um okay so i i i remember before you left a couple of days before you left and you you left in an amazing way um, because you had how long were you at the Center for Social Innovation? Uh, about five and a half years. F- five and a half years, and I know that you left a massive impact on that incredible organization, and it was with so much intention and so much heart and so much thought that you um, you know you resign from that post. And I remember having a conversation with you and I asked you like, how do you feel like you're, you're leaving this job and you're going into this kind of unknown land. And I remember the word you used was I've never felt so free. And so what does a free man desire in a trip like the one you went on, what were you looking for? I, I don't, um, not to get like semantic about the question, but, uh, and, and I'm not sure if semantics even the right word. I'm still waking my brain up, but, um, you know, my, one of the consistent things I felt this entire trip is that I'm not looking for anything actually Darius. Um, uh, yeah, I, I've actually one of my focuses is actually just on on being and putting myself in different places and uh, letting things come to me. Uh, and that's been really helpful because I really wanted to exist in a state where I wasn't craving anything. Um, and, it, and someone told me here that they kind of helped me crystallize it. Um, a gentleman I met in, in Rishikesh and he said that, uh, he was like, you know, when you, when you want something, when you're looking for something, it means you have a feeling you don't have enough of it. So you're coming from a place of scarcity. Mm-hmm. And he's like, instead, uh, he's like trying to operate in a way where, um, you're not looking for anything and what you want will come. And so I think that to me, he kind of crystallized one of the things I was hoping for was I think with my life at home, I've, I'd been in a pattern of looking for a lot of different things uh, from the mundane to the super important and coming to India. I think um, I really actually truly was just like, I'm not, I'm not looking for anything. I just actually want to, I just want to be in the places that I am. 
Um, and what's to come to me will come. And, um, and like I said, I think like for me, like the importance thing was actually just experiencing what my roots were. And, and this, this seems like seemingly easy, um, and obvious, but I've actually spent the majority of my life, um, uh, basically negating, if you hear that noise in the background, that's actually peacocks. Those are um, yeah, they're just beautiful species. Um, I spent most of my life neglecting my Indian identity, hiding it actually. Mm. Um, and, uh, and I think for me, uh, a really, really important thing was to just come here and be and welcome, uh, my learning of the Indian culture, however it came to me. Now, so did you, using that philosophy of just being, is that how you decided where you would travel to? Yes. So for the first time in my life, I went on a trip uh, um, where uh, we, and I say we because uh, I went on, I've been on most of this trip uh, with the love of my life, uh, she'll be Kim. Yes. And, um, uh, she was with me and then she, she left a little bit earlier, uh, partially cause she was, uh, had to get back for work and partially because I need to do part of this journey on my own. And so we, um, we did this thing where we basically, we booked, we booked a flight to India and the hotel for our first night here and thereafter we had nothing booked or planned or set and the first morning um we were in india we woke up and we pulled out a guidebook and we talked about what we wanted to do that day and subsequent to that day we've just been continually going with the flow and planning things in real time which is radically different than the way I had been living life and, and, and generally quite hard to do in some circumstances, but in this circumstance, it's been quite easy because we haven't had a lot of the things that normally make it hard to do life like that. And so it's been one giant experiment to go with the flow. Now, are you imagining um, bringing that way of life back to you in your life here in Toronto? I, I think that like, I will, I will, I will be focused on reintegrating elements of it. Um, I think just practically it's going to be a different life in Toronto. It's a different setting and my variables and, um, objectives are different. So, uh, so no, you know, I, I like, Let's take a really easy mundane example out here. We, we don't know anyone. So, so I'm not making plans with anyone. Whereas mm-hmm. at home, like Darius, if, if, you know, I want to see you, which I do, um, I will need to reach out to you. We will need to go you know, back and forth until we find a date that works. And then I will put it in my schedule for three weeks from now. Um, so there's more structure. There's more. Do- yeah. So much structure. There's so much structure, which is necessary. Um, however, this trip has been, has, I, I, I got to let go of structure. That's partially what I was free from. 
and just, and just lean into flow. And I, and I think opening, doing this opera, doing it this way has opened me more to flow, which is really great because I was really locked in structure when I was at home. And so to answer your question, will I be exactly like this when I get home? No, but I will bring back some of those learnings of what flow is what it can feel like and how I could accomplish it better uh, into my life. Mm. And I I know recently you put a post up um, where you shared some photos that we took together, which was very, very sweet of you to share those pictures, but much more importantly, to to share your heart and to tell a story about um, this new you that's showing up. And... I love that. I love celebrating um, evolution and celebrating past versions of us as well, not discarding them, but loving them. Um, I'm curious as how, how you hold on to the old version of you and continue to celebrate it while a new version of you might be very different and might um, lose out on, or maybe what I'm asking is I've gone through a transition myself where I changed quite a bit. And one of the hard things about it was so many people that knew me in the past sort of, um, fell off and I'm wondering what your thoughts are on that as we evolve as individuals um, is there any concern about people you care about maybe not being as enthused with this new iteration of Adil I haven't thought about that at all to be honest I think that um, uh yeah, I mean, I, I think I think what it was coming up for me as you were uh, answering or asking that was, uh, you know, the word self-love. Um, you know, I got a lot of love for my former self as much as I do my current self. Um, and um, I, I think I think the people I know will feel the same way. And I think almost all of them will will be welcoming and come grow with me and anyone who's kind of attached to the previous version of me. Um, uh, yeah, I, I hadn't even really thought about what that, that, that might be like, but, uh, I guess I'll just approach that on, on a case by case. I, I don't know. I don't know how I'll, the alchemy of my new me with their, with their new them. Yeah. Do, do you know what I mean? It's true. We're all changing um, all the time. What yeah, what could what could you tell me about this new you? Is there anything that stands out that's Well, I think I think let's go back to your first question then. So so what can I tell you about the new me is um uh and and how has India changed me? I forget how you worded your first question, but that was that was kind of the gist. Um you know, I think um first and foremost, um I am proud of who I am more proud than I was when I started. Hmm. Uh, As I said, I had been, um, I had neglected, avoided my Indian ancestry 
almost my entire life. It's only in the last like six months that I've said the words I'm Indian. Really? So wow. I think, yeah. 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 I mean, I look at my parents, uh, my, my, my uh, ancestors went from India to Tanzania to Canada. So I, for me, it's, I'm Canadian and I'm also Tanzanian and I'm also Indian. And I didn't, I didn't have uh, pride for India. And I think a lot of that is because of um, the way India is portrayed in media and in our, in our Western history. And, um, and so look like to be proud of a part of me that I pre- previously wasn't pr- proud of. That's like, that's like compounded growth because like, it is like, there's so there's so many negative or unexisting thoughts that that um yeah there were so many negative thoughts that no longer uh, have space in me mm-hmm. and now i'm just filled with with positive elements so i think that just makes me f- filled with m- more more love and confidence and excitement about who i am and the things about me that i, I couldn't necessarily control so, which is so exciting that, that, that's and a- then that's a big deal. What help me understand how did that happen? Like I know being in in the country obviously you were exposed to the realities of it, but like when did that start to change? Um uh, I think pretty quickly like as soon as I as soon as I started learning new stories about India from India's from Indians in India. I think that was part of the problems that uh, many of the stories I'd learned about India were were not in not not from India or from Indians, and so I think changed pretty quickly. It was a feeling once I was here. It was a, um, it was a connection, man. Like we we are so connected to place and space, mm. um, and I think I think the minute I came back to where someone who I'm connected to left two hundred years ago, I think. I think there's something in it for me that I felt. So, um, so yeah, I think a lot of it is rewriting the story of what I know. And, and I think that has been really powerful. And so, so if someone was going to say, well, you live in Canada and I just wanted to play devil's advocate for one second. Yeah. Yeah. Um, they're like, well, you live in Canada and that was 200 years ago and you have a life here why does it matter for you to reconnect with your ancestry? For for me, I I've felt a strong urge to acknowledge my ancestry for for what they did to enable what I have. And and full stop. I just think I just think it's, you know, really important to just to say thank you. Um, I think it's also really important because despite the fact that I've spent and will spend my majority of my life in Canada uh, and I've, I've neglected my Indian identity, my Indian identity has still played a really vital role in it. Mm-hmm. Uh, and by simply by virtue of the way that I look, or the the food that I'm used to, um, uh, among other things, and so, you know, I think, I think it's like it's been prevalent despite my best efforts, 
Um, and, and I also think that like, as someone with Indian, Tanzanian and Canadian identities, um, I think that I, that's an incredible asset to be able to, um, build on multiple narratives and histories, um, for me to, to be a, a, a better player in the world. Um, you know, we're, we're, we're exist at a time where it's becoming, um, uh, you know, more common that people are really rooting in one identity, uh, you know, of, of, of their nation, of, of their religion of whatever it might be. Um, it's, um, I I don't want to be connected to one space. Like I want to be a child of the world mm. and I'm fortunate that I actually have the opportunity to tap into different parts in the world, um, because of my ancestry and learn and learn how to be, uh, more, you know, more understanding of our, of our global narrative rather than just like one country's narrative. I love that. I love that. There's a fluidity to it. There's an openness to it um, that I think can serve you and all of us. Uh, and it also takes courage to say, you know, I am not necessarily attached to one title or one definition of my identity, but I will explore deeper and I will be open to growing whoever it is I am in this moment. I love that. Thanks, man. Yeah, it's kind of like I'm letting go of one identity, of the need to have one identity, and opening them. And in the process, I'm I'm turning around to be open to all identities. It's kind of like it's basically like echoes my philosophy around religion. Like I'm a Muslim. Um, however, I'm also if I if I recall the term correctly, I'm an omnist, meaning I believe there's truths in all religions, mm. and I I feel like this really works for me because, um, because because I I I do I see truths in in, in all religions and and in, and in all cultures, and it helps me to just see the world the way I I, I can see it right now better. So now I know. I know, um, you know, having some space away from, uh, our, our home and our friends and our, and our regular routine sometimes opens up space for new forms of creativity and thought and expression. I'm wondering if, uh, things have been downloading through you and flowing out of you when it comes to things like writing, or I know we had touched on you uh, messing around with podcasting as well. Has, uh, has that been fruitful in any way? Yeah, pretty massively. Um, I've had the time and space to develop like a, um, a daily, you know, journaling, uh, exercise. Um, I've been reading a book called the artist's way, um, which, um, you, you, you're familiar with the artist's yes, way, right? Yes. Right. But for the sake of, uh, anyone listening, um, you know, the artist's way is, um, 
a path. Uh, it's a spiritual path to your creativity. Um, it's a, tw- it's a book that's like modeled in 12 weeks and each week has a different kind of focus, which you read and then do exercises around. And the idea is to unblock you, to un- unblock your inner artist. And so I've been, I've been going through that as well. Uh, and finished it a couple weeks ago. Um, and yeah, like I've been, I've been in kind of an enviable situation for myself where I've, I've just, because I've cleared so many of the things that would occupy my, my mind. Normally I've been in this space where I can just write a lot and, um, and that, that has been profound. It's been very practical and in so much as being able to help me remember what I've experienced. Uh, it's been in incredibly helpful as I have uh, been doing lately my work around um, understanding what just happened and, and integrating it into my, my operating system. Mm. Um, and then it's also been really helpful because I've, um, I've created a, a couple of small art pieces here and um, really, uh, and, and, and I just been able to, and that they've come through having the time and space to, uh, to create. I love that. So, so the artist's way in this this daily practice of of just expressing, um, has it changed the way you perceive the the concept of artist and how it relates to your your identity? Like, do you would you call yourself an artist? Yes. Love it. Why? Tell me what an artist is. Um, uh, I, I think, um, to, to, to be an artist is to express yourself in any medium at any moment. And it's something that is accessible to all of us. Um, uh, obviously that accessibility can take different forms depending on what you're doing, but um, I, I'm as artist as I am human. Uh, it's, it's innate to us to create. Um, and it, and it constantly takes different forms. I know, you know, if you were to tell me, I, I've never thought about this before and I might rethink about this as soon as I say this, but, but I, you know, if you were to say like a, a, a child is a work of art, you know, creating a child, having a child is a work of art. I'd be like, okay, I'll, I I could buy that. It's a creation, mm. um, and it's one hell of a beautiful creation. Um, so yeah, I, I I'm like I'm like big tent art. There's like, <laughs> um, yeah. I, I it's, I, I it's such a hard question to answer for the record. Um, if you ask me that, mm, I don't. Okay. It's like it's impossible. The more I try to put words to what an artist is, the further it gets. But I love asking people because it always sort of informs my feeling of what artist is and from my best sort of attempt at not even artist but art is something that gives you access to people's hearts and so when you Mm. talk about a child being a work of art i'm like i think you're very right because children are so heart driven they're, they haven't yet formulated and, you, you know, advanced the cleverness of their heads. 
And so, you know, when we rest our heads and we go into our hearts, our child selves are, are playing. And so I love that definition. <laughs> a child is a, is a work of art. There's definitely art within those, within children and within the children in us. Um, and I, and I do agree with you that there is something just innate in humans to it's being human and being an artist are so closely connected. Um, and I'm happy. I'm so happy to hear that you are playing in that, that world and you're, you're continuing to express and you're continuing to write. That's exciting. Is there anything, um, any, things that have opened up to you that in terms of creation and expression that um, maybe are new, any possibilities that now you're maybe exploring after this four months of just playing within your heart? Well, I think um, what I, what I did yesterday, basically I, I created a, um, a private podcast series um, and, uh, I had been working, I'd working on this series since I got here. Um, it's, it's called honest still, and it's, it's about my aspiration to be honest. Um, as it, that was something which I had realized I, I wasn't really fully always honest with myself. And, um, I, and so I had been over the period of, of my time here, uh, jotting down things that I, over time that I, I was, I questioned whether I was actually honest about and why and why not. And, um, uh, and so, yeah, so, so it's cool. I've been writing these notes and then kind of putting them together. And then yesterday I made eight episodes for honest still on various yes. topics about me confronting or being honest about everything from my thoughts around religion to sex to my, my addictions, to, um, my dreams. And, um, uh, and, and what, what that, what that does for me was, and it's immediately after, you know, it's not even the last 24 hours that I made this, but what it has done for me is, um, you know, I believe truth can set us free and, by saying the hardest, most honest things I could possibly say in the world to, um, on this podcast, um, I immediately have freed myself a little bit more, um, from, um, you know, I think our scars, which, which, which have a deep relation to the things that are, I'm, I struggle to be honest about. I think our, our scars can be our shackles or our stories. And Ooh, that's I, a I line if I've ever heard one. Our scars can be <laughs> our shackles or our stories. Damn. Sorry, keep going. That got me. That got it's me okay. by surprise. It's okay. Um, I think yesterday I was able to convert those those shackles into stories. And I I immediately feel more free having done so. And I think to your question, um, while this project may may only be eventually I and mean, may only be heard by me at uh, um what i think it's done is it has opened me 
and, and given me space to now be like, okay, well, I've now said this thing once out loud. I've even recorded it. Yeah. Um, I wonder now uh, what where I can operate now that I feel more open. Because the first time is always the hardest. So even last night after I made it, I saw some friends to say goodbye for dinner, and they asked me what I'd done that day, and I told them. And, and I, and I didn't tell them specifically the specifics of what I talked about, but I started talking about the subject areas, let's just say sex being one of them. And I was more open about it than I ever had been in my life ever. Mm-hmm. And, and I was, and it was directly because I had just made the series. So I think whatever I do next, my friend, I'm going to be a, a much more honest version of myself and I think going back to one of the previous things we said, I think that's one of the things that will change when I get home. Um, I think less an, an adapted version of myself and, you know, low, a very simple example, less of the person who will say yes to doing things uh, and more about the person who will be um, a little bit more attuned to whether I actually want to do something or whether I'm doing it because I want someone's validation or for them to be okay. Mm. And, and so I think, I think a more honest version of me is coming home and, and we'll be creating whatever I create next. So you think you're going to hit publish on those eight podcasts? At this point, there's not a chance. (laughs) (laughs) Not a chance. Did you know, did you know that going in? Yeah. Yeah. I, the thing was, is because if I believed that I was going to hit publish on them, yeah, then I wouldn't have been able to be honest as much as I was. I really, really like, um, yeah, I just like, I would artist way talks a lot about, um, how, um, you know, the difference when we strive for perfection or ego striving for perfection, it's just like, we create so many barriers to us, doing something because we need it to be ever so right. But, uh, so, so I had to let go of that. I just like, it, it, and it's like, so it's like not even edited. It's just like, literally like I press record and that was it. I didn't even bother adding music to it, even though anchor, which I know you love and use. Um, I, I, I didn't even want to spend time thinking about. You just wanted to release. Value. You just wanted to release. I just wanted to release. Yes, I wanted I to it. flow the way I've been physically flowing this trip. And yeah. that's a yeah, great. Just, that's a I, wonderful I, I first step. That's that's it. I hear everybody's wants to open a podcast and start a podcast, and so many people have amazing stories, but eighty um, percent of the people will never use the free Anchor app and use their free phone to even record a podcast um and so whatever it is for who whatever size audience you have if you want to express and it and it does something for you if it helps you grow if it helps you heal if it helps you laugh i think it's a beautiful thing but i also know what that anxiety feels like i know i've done many podcasts where i was like oh my god what am i doing but like most things in life, when you keep doing it, it, you know, just, it gets easier. And it's like when you podcast every mm. day, like I do with heart to mouth, <laughs> I, I lose track. Like it's, it's, it's almost like that one, but it's, here's what's interesting. I started a new podcast. It's still on the DL, 
way more mm. sensitive content, way more sensitive. Um, and despite having done a hundred and something podcasts, that first podcast of a new project still has all that anxiety because you're right. like, oh, it's the one podcast. So it's like your brain, that part of your brain that wants to stress places all of the stress onto one source. But once there's multiple sources, even if they're all causing you stress, your brain sort of gets a part of your brain gets overwhelmed and it's like, there's too many places to place stress. So I'm just not going to worry about it anymore. And that's what I've mm. experienced after getting, you know, over 20, 30 podcasts in. It's just, it's, it's almost like, it's like a hack. It's impossible to stress because there's too many right. things to worry about. And you're like, ah, whatever. It doesn't matter. So it's, it's, cool. it's so, it, go ahead. You know, I just, it sounds like you've designed it to be so in, in, it, yeah, it's really smart. I'm, I'm, I'm excited to learn that you have an even deeper uh creation because i already feel like from what i've heard of this podcast like i mean i've i've heard some of the most beautiful depths of the human experience ever from you already so i don't even know what deeper looks like <laughs> i can't wait to learn it's taking a lot of the learnings from this podcast and i've like I, like we we talked about before the show this podcast for me um it's been such an incredible creative experience it's nothing like i expected it would be initially it did not go where i thought it would go it did not give me what i thought i'd get from it it take me took me in a different direction but it's still so deeply valuable for me because it's like it's this free space where i can uh it's like a, a basketball team in their you know their practice arena there's no fans. You can you can try things. You can do moves that you'd never do anywhere else. There's low pressure, and it's just here for me to get better and better and better, and try things and fail faster and grow faster. And so I've taken a lot of those <laughs> failures and those learnings and frustrations and applied them to this new podcast that um, has two episodes so far a third one coming on sunday and uh most of which it's like you got to have a really clear audience and and be solving a very clear problem which is not what heart to mouth does heart to mouth is just me opening my heart and transmitting through my mouth and exploring and experimenting and i'm totally cool with it being that but uh, I already have plans to have you and Shill, if you'll if you'll join me on this new podcast. I'm not asking for you to say yes, but just know you will be on that podcast after you know what the podcast <laughs> is about. Well, I I love the invitation in itself, <laughs> and um, I feel like I feel like I would be at an edge to take you up on that offer and I'm really excited about edges right now. So yeah, let's, let's talk about that one. Hey, I wanted to, I wanted to, um, uh, you know, speaking of edges also, I just wanted to let you know one other thing, uh, going back to your first question about my, um, my learnings, uh, 
in this one, I'm like, I want to make sure I say it because, um, I've almost kind of shied away from saying it the first two times, uh, it's come up in me. Um, so I want to go ahead myself to, um, saying it. Oh, sorry. That was, that was uh, so, snazzy calling. It's like she knew you're here. Oh, okay. No worries. Um, yeah. So I, I came to, when I came to India, um, one of, this is about one of the ways that I've changed. When I came to India, um, I, I was already in a place where I felt love abundantly f- for, uh, for humans. And, uh, as you know, Darius, I just have a lot of love. Um, and, um, for whatever reason that, that I kind of thought I was like there, wherever there was, but, um, India has really opened up my capacity to, um, uh, start to understand what it is to have love for other beings. Uh, particularly what I mean, other beings, I mean, uh, animals and, uh, I mean, trees and I mean, nature, uh, and it's even uh, opened me to the idea that you can have love for uh, inanimate objects. Um, and this is like delving into, you know, one of the reasons why many people do visit India, the kind of more spiritual side of things. But the funny thing is, it's like maybe the least spiritual story I could tell you as to how I got here. Um, and, and the way that I got here was uh through accidentally flirting with a cow <laughs> you, you buried the lead my friend you buried the lead Fair. Fair. <laughs> okay please please go on so um we were in uh, Varanasi, which is the most spiritual city, and considered by many to be kind of the spiritual center of India. And um, uh, Varanasi is a very, very old town, very narrow alleys. Um, and uh, as as many, many if not all places in India, um, there was a free roaming house uh, throughout the city. And um, uh for me, just having actually that access to cows, like walking by a cow was radical. Uh, and I was already kind of so enamored with these free, free roaming giant beasts, gentle, gentle giants. Um, and anywho, uh, one night, uh, Shell and I are like walking in, through one of these narrow streets and, um, and it's so narrow that, when I see this cow in the distance coming towards us, um, I'm like, oh, we should move to the side to let this cow through. There's not enough space for all of us to go through at the same time. So we, we, we go to the side and this cow starts walking through and she walks by and tr- truly like she was, she was one of the most beautiful cows I've ever seen. Um, and she walks by and I said, I said, wow, you're beautiful. <laughs> and there she, she turned around and looked at me, nodded to acknowledge 
what I had said and then turned her head, looked forward and like sauntered off. And I, I literally in that moment was like, did that, did that happen? And then I wasn't going to say anything. And then chill independently was like, I think you just flirted with that cow. And I was like, you saw that too. And she's like, yeah, I saw that. And I was like, wow. Like I, I really had felt that that cow had heard me. And you know, the, the profoundness of that was realizing, um, you know, I, I, in that moment I shifted away from my, from my paradigm of cows being, um, there for my purpose and pleasure that is to eat. Um, and I shifted away from the, my, my understanding of cows through my understanding of them through our factory farming system. I, I shift away from thinking them as, as inferior animals. And I shifted towards realizing that they were living beings with feelings and with the capacity for love. And it's nothing that I haven't been told before about animals, but it's something I had to experience for myself. And in hindsight, I realized that I experienced this all the time, particularly with dogs at home. Mm-hmm. Um, but I don't eat dogs. I eat cows. And I eat them without question up until that moment. Um, and that that has that moment ended up being a catalyst for me to really reconsider um a, a lot of my perspectives um about other beings. And I, I thought a lot about the oppression of humans by humans, but I hadn't thought a lot about the oppressions of animals. And as an extension of that, I haven't thought about the oppression of nature either. And um, being in India and being exposed to nature, being exposed to cows, being exposed to the way of being here, uh, having lived in a forest uh, where we were trying to reforest uh, an almost extinct area, um, I was able to transition uh, from from having a lot of love for a lot of humans to having a lot of love for a lot of beings and a huge relevance for me around this was when she left, um, I was alone and I, I felt, I felt lonely and previous versions of me have felt lonely, a lot of loneliness, but when she left, I actually no longer felt lonely because I realized that even when I'm not around people, I'm around living beings. And um, what a what a what an amazing feeling to realize that. Um, and so I don't feel I don't feel even though I'm alone, I don't feel lonely. And I feel so much love on the most mundane uh, elements of my life now, like walking, walking, and. Uh, it's been a really profound shift for me in terms of the areas where I've, I've grown. And I, I just wanted to make sure I shared that. This is why in my heart to mouth transmission intro um, community was so key in the impression I have of you, you know, who else would find a community amongst cows and feel connected and intimate and loved 
Um, that's a beautiful story. It's a hilarious story. It's a beautiful story. And it's also a story for me, you snuck in and you, I love stories like that. They sneak in through the, the, these simple anecdotes, but they start to like, you know, open your perspective around things. I'm like, you're absolutely right. What is my relationship to cows or immigrants or whatever it might be, right? Like if you can change your framing around a cow or a burger, you could change the way you think about virtually anything. So thank you for for sharing that that uh, that intimate moment you had with that cow on that street. <laughs> is, the, is the cow in your bedroom right now? I I want to be honest with you and say no, but I I understand you asking that question. I think it's good that you did. <laughs> this this has been um, so great, brother. Um, thanks, man. Thank you for waking up at five o'clock in the morning on your very last day in India and just just joining me on this call that we're doing through WhatsApp. Um, thanks for, for all that you do, man. You are such a special human in my life, in our friend circle and in so many people's lives. And it's been such an honor to watch you continue to be this beautiful human, this open, sensitive, driven, hilarious cow flirting human. And, uh, I am excited <laughs> to squeeze you when you come back here whoever ends up coming back i already know i have deep deep love and affection for him so have a beautiful trip back and uh i can't wait to be in the same room with you again i can't wait either and i'm really grateful that you i feel like your podcast like is like a sacred space and and you know you refer to it as your arena um, uh, it, I know it means a lot to you. And so for you to invite me, uh, to share and to get in the arena and take some practice shots with you, um, it means a lot. And, and it says a lot about your own openness. Um, and, um, there's, I, I, I feel like when I look at you a lot of times, I, I'm seeing a mirror, uh, and it's such an honor uh, to kind of look like you, it's such an honor <laughs> to kind of love like you, and it's it's just such an honor to interrogate uh, ourselves um, and be more honest versions of ourselves. And you've inspired me tremendously to to get here. So thank you, and I can't wait to see you soon. Yes, amazing. Folks, that is episode 126 of the Heart to Mouth podcast. Uh, this was a really special episode for me. It's the first international episode we've ever had. Thanks for listening, and we will see you tomorrow. Tomorrow.